This is episode 111 for Tuesday, October 17th, 2017, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we visit category 24B, Belgian Pale Ale. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Chris, and together with Travis, Sawyer, and Eddie, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Well, welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. I'm your host. Are you? I'm Chris. And I'm, I'm joined Chris. today by Sawyer. Hi. How you doing, Sawyer? I am tired. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm here. I'm yep, here. Here to drink some good beer. Well, I mean... Hopefully. I mean, we're starting off with a doozy. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta love me some Kerr's non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> yeah, we did our uh, non-alcoholic beer episode quite a while ago and it's still uh, not gone yeah non-alcoholic. still a lot of a non-alcoholic beer in my fridge so we decided to get rid of some of it today too much junk in the trunk yeah so Sawyer's drinking the coors yep. non-alcoholic i'm drinking bush in a and we're also joined by travis travis what are you drinking today i decided to do a blend oh really i have a blend of texas select which is uh, Richardson's (laughs) Finest. I believe it's in Richardson. Uh, Richardson's Finest Concoction with a non-alcoholic brew. And I've also blended it with your salty Goza. And I don't hate it. (laughs) Interesting. I mean, you're pretty much only adding water, so... Yeah, you're kind of thinning out the, the salt a little bit. Yeah. Maybe that's what you should cut it with. Maybe so. I'll just, you know, every time I pull some of that, I'll open up. Ooh, I could get rid of both bad beers at the same time. Yeah. Till I get enough of the Goza drink to where I can blend it with something and make it more drinkable. Right. That's not a bad idea. I'll try that. Oh, that's not that bad. Oh, no, that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, y'all do anything interesting this week? Uh, no. I went to a new brewery yesterday. Oh, is that the shirt you're wearing? Yes. Dirty Jobs? Yes, I'm wearing my shirt. How'd that go? Um, it wasn't my favorite, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about it. I could agree with that. Yeah, it, they've been open for several months now, and I have always been meaning to go down there. Because um, when they had the grand opening, or actually they haven't yet had their grand opening. No. When they had their first soft opening... It was packed, and they sold out of beer really quickly. That's when I went. Mm-hmm. That's when you went? That's when I went. See, the non-alcoholic <laughs> beer is not helping. 
And uh, so I decided to go yesterday on a Saturday because I had nothing going on at all and went down around 2.30 and there was maybe uh, four other groups there with me. So all, all in all, less than 15 people. So pretty... Uh, Pretty pretty sparsely populated, but it got a little more crowded as the day went on. I had two different flights, so eight beers total. And uh, there was there was like a common flavor in all of them, something that I didn't like. I'm not sure what it was, if it was just like whatever their water is, their water source down there, or if it's um, whatever their house yeast is, but there was just, just something about it that I didn't really like. Interesting. I what if it's the same kind of thing where I can always tell what your beers are? It could be. <laughs> Possibly. Could be, but uh, yeah. And then I guess my other complaint was that all their beers are too tricked up. Like mm-hmm. so they have a, a cucumber IPA and then a, a maple vanilla porter and then a honey blonde and a, and a cantaloupe this. And there's just... There's no. So they can't just do like a standard beer. They got to do something weird with it. Yeah, there was very few of just the straightforward. Here's what it is. And don't you know, they have a blonde though? That's just a straight up blonde. It's a honey blonde. Oh, uh, yeah. You see, that was one of the things that you know. Thinking back to my trip up to Colorado, one of my favorite breweries that entire trip was Prost. Because you go in, the atmosphere is really cool. They had a, a outside patio with a, a view of downtown, and uh, it was just all very basic, plain Jane, but very well brewed German beers. Mm-hmm. It was just you know, Kolsch, <laughs> Pilsner. You know, it, there was nothing weird about it. It was just really good, drinkable beer. Yeah, and I was I was thinking about that as I was going through the beers, and it's harder to come by that nowadays. It is, and uh, which is sad. You know, now that I'm. <clears throat> what 10 11 years into my beer drinking career um i've kind of come around on that there was a time early on whenever i wanted anything and everything that was just crazy and off the wall right like oh you got a really big flavor profile maple bacon porter with raisins and unicorn tears oh my god let me let me have it but (laughs) unicorn tears. wait that's a thing and then there was a time when i wanted uh the hoppiest of hoppy that i could ever find so give me your ten thousand ibus IPAs and I love it. Yeah, and now I'm really starting to develop a develop an appreciation for just like a real well made, simple beer, like a, a nice German Pilsner. Yeah, or a, I've been drinking the crap out of a bunch of Oktoberfest beers the last yeah yeah March four is, weeks is quickly becoming <laughs> one of my favorite styles. Oh yeah, absolutely. Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't stick to just one. Yeah. Hacker Shore. Try to break. You'll out you'll bit. you'll soon learn. Actually, I went back to that specs and bought another case of the Farsteiner. <laughs> I which specs was it? Uh, was it Pantigo? Oh, and Pantigo. Yeah, okay. the one that's on uh, Pioneer. And just for Courtney, I'll say it as Pantago. What? Yeah, that's how. That's she always messes with me because. I say Pantigo, but she thinks Pantego. The city of Richardson, thank you. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. But uh, you're going back to Dirty Jobs. If, if that's Maybe that's their identity. Maybe that's what they want. 
Yeah, I think they you don't want to be like everybody else, and if that's the case, that's totally fine. Well, in, in the world that we live in right now, with you know basically a craft brewery on every corner, I'm sure everyone's looking for a way to make themselves stand out. True, and mm-hmm. so they're thinking, all right, what kind of crazy off the wall beer recipe can we come up with that that's going to be really good that people are going to go nuts for and tell all their friends about? Mm-hmm. You know, let's throw some unicorn tears in there and yeah. <laughs> Would that add sweetness or bitterness? I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe a little saltiness. Only if they're salty tears. All right, Travis. The goza that you brew has to be called Unicorn Tears. I could do that. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but you know, it it was. Uh, How was the ambiance though? Was it a cool place to hang out? Yeah. I didn't really have any trouble finding a seat because there was lots of spots open, and I found a a TV with a UT game on, so I was watching that and brought a book. Yeah, hung out. Yeah, but it doesn't really blow you away though either. You no. know, it, it's just not like walking in like Hot Fusion where the place just looks amazing. You know, very true. This is uh, less produced, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly more of the uh, just kind of like every man. Yeah. Every man's hangout. It's like it's just a room with a couple of TVs and some tables and chairs, you know, and then the bar. Yeah. And it's all one color. Actually, I was going to say it reminds me of a wing stop. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? Kind of. <laughs> just without the wings. So no mm. Red Bull. Yeah. Doesn't wing stop have like the the metal, the corrugated metal, yeah. Yeah. Handling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Concrete floor. Oh yeah, open ceiling. Hmm. Yeah, all right. It's all right. Glad that well, uh, glad that I knocked it off my list of DFW brews to visit. I'd still like to check it out at some point. Just say I've been over there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll find a, a really interesting cucumber beer I like. Yeah, I do know that I really like Division's cucumber. Is it a Goza cucumber sour? I don't know. Whatever it was, it's yeah. really good. And I mean, they are still a few months into their into their business, and so. There still could be kinks that they need to work out in recipes and brewing process and things. And so mm-hmm. but, um, I would be foolish to just give them one visit and then not come back, yeah. especially this early on. You said you had eight beers? Yeah, I tried. Is that all they offered or did they have more than there that? There was more than that. Okay. Yeah, I could have stayed for another flight. So they're kind of going the, the division business model. Yes. Probably do a lot of small batches of a ton of different beers. Yeah, there was a pretty big listing. Okay. Interesting. All right, yeah, that'd be fun to check out. Maybe we do a brewery spotlight out there one day. Do a remote. Yep. Tell them we can help them get the word out about their place, maybe. I don't know. All right, well, uh, I guess we should move on. But first, thank you to our listeners. Thanks for uh, sticking with us. Our tens of listeners. Yeah, there you go. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're interested. And uh, tell all your friends. Share the word. This week we're going to be talking about Belgian Pale Ale, which will be interesting. You sound extra NPR today. <laughs> it's my allergies. I can't really. My voice is lower. This week we'll be talking about Belgian Pale Ale. Well, you're also talking very softly. I'm trying it's to still a nice and now tasty nod, nod to, to brewing, brewing history. There we go. Well, there needs to be some excitement. This week we'll be talking about Belgian Pale Ale. Which is number 24B. All right, guys. Welcome back. How are you doing? Oh 
<laughs> uh, last episode, we talked about the Belgian IPA. And this week, we are on the Belgian Pale Ale. They are not in the same parent category. So that is something to behold. Because uh, the Belgian IPA was under the specialty IPA category in uh, parent category 21. This one is under parent category 24, Belgian Ale, which includes Wit Beer, Belgian Pale Ale, and Beer de Garde. Uh, so that does not include any of the strong Belgian ales, which would be 25. That's Belgian Blonde, Saison, Belgian Golden Strong. And then there's the Trappist ales, which is single, double, triple, Belgian dark uh, quad. So uh, there's a lot of different styles, and there's a lot of similarities between all of them. Some very minute differences, but we are in the Belgian ale category, 24B Belgian Pale Ale. Overall impression, a moderately malty, somewhat fruity, easy-drinking, copper-colored Belgian ale that is somewhat less aggressive in flavor profile than many other Belgian beers. The malt character tends to be a bit biscuity with a light, toasty, honey-like, or caramely components. The fruit character is noticeable and complementary to the malt. The bitterness level is generally moderate, but may not seem as high due to the flavorful malt profile. So that's, uh, they already listed one way to differentiate it from other Belgian beers is that it's uh, somewhat less aggressive um, in flavor profile than all the other ones. Aroma. Moderate malt aroma, which can be a combination of toasty, biscuity, or nutty, possibly with a touch of light caramel or honey. Moderate to moderately high fruitiness with an orange or pear-like character. Low to moderate strength hop character, which would be spicy, herbal, or floral. Optionally blended with background level peppery, spicy phenols. The hop character is lower in balance than the malt and fruitiness. Okay. So we will get some fruitiness, just like always, with... Uh, with a Belgian yeast strain, but it seems like it's going to be a little less present. You know, not quite as over the top, more balanced with the other flavors. Appearance. Amber to copper in color. Clarity is very good. Creamy, rocky, white head often fades more quickly than other Belgian beers. Pretty simple. Interesting. Clarity being very good. And not brilliant. Well, you know, some of the Belgian beers are kind of hazy because all the yeast you know character that's in there and i don't know some of the a lot of the beers we had last week were not clear true i wonder if these are not traditionally bottle conditioned then maybe not we'll find out flavor has an initial soft smooth moderately malty flavor with a variable profile of toasty biscuity nutty light caramel and or honey notes moderate to moderately high fruitiness sometimes orange or pear like relatively light medium low to low spicy herbal or floral hop character the hop bitterness is medium high to medium low and is optionally enhanced by low to very low amounts of peppery phenols so that is acceptable there's a dry to balanced finish with a uh, with hops becoming more pronounced in the aftertaste of those with a drier finish fairly well balanced overall with no single component being high in intensity malt and fruitiness are more forward initially with a supportive bitterness and drying character coming on late so well balanced overall cool similar to uh how the american ipa compares to the american pale ale that the pale ale is all about balance so it sounds like the belgian pale ale as well well even nowadays a lot of the american pale ales are still 
pretty hoppy. <laughs> yeah. So they're kind of mm-hmm. going away from that balance aspect. <sighs> yeah, but if you were to uh, think back. Is it the anchor? Episode one. Whoa. It was episode 15. Yeah, episode one. We did talk about that uh, balance was key. Yeah. Well, even if you drink, you know, the one of the standard pale ales, the Sierra Nevada, it's still pretty hoppy. Mm-hmm. Balances towards the hops for sure. So, I don't know. Things are changing. Mouthfeel. <laughs> Medium to medium light body, smooth palate, alcohol level is restrained, and any warming character should be low if present. Medium to medium high carbonation. Comments. Most commonly found in the Flemish provinces of Antwerp and Brabant, considered everyday beers, parentheses category I. One. Uh... But then the next sentence is compared to their higher alcohol category S cousins. Mm, that's strange. They are Belgian session beers for ease of drinking. Nothing should be too pronounced or dominant. Balance is the key. Yeast character generally more subtle than many Belgian beers, with some of the fruitiness being hop driven. Okay. Let's see. Characteristic ingredients for this one. You're looking at a Pilsner or Pale Ale malt, contributes to the bulk of the grist with Caravina. And Munich malts adding color, body, and complexity. Sugar is not commonly used as a high gravity is not desired. Cesar type hops, Styrian Goldings, East Kent Goldings, or Fuggles are commonly used. And yes, I know it's Saz. For those of you who have never listened to an episode before, welcome. (laughs) Now go to episode number one. Cesar type hops. (laughs) Uh, yeast prone to moderate production of phenols are often used, but fermentation temperatures should be kept moderate to limit this character. Style comparison. Fairly similar to pale ales from England in the strong bitter category, typically with a slightly different yeast character, obviously, and a more varied malt profile. Less yeast character than many other Belgian beers, though. Interesting. There you go. So probably not bottle condition like we were talking about before. Nine. Yeah, because I think all the other Belgian styles uh, make it a point to say that it is traditionally bottle conditioned. Right. But uh, Mm -hmm. these are not vital statistics. OG, 1048 to 1054. IBUs, 20 to 30. Final gravity, 1010 to 1014. SRM, 8 to 14. And ABV, 4.8 to 5.5. So yes, very sessionable all the way around. And uh, the commercial examples are Deconic. The Rick Special, Palm Double, and Palm Special, which I do believe we have one of those today. Boom. So, uh, I'm looking forward to comparing what we had this week with the previous episode <coughs> to see uh, what kind of differences we notice. Mm-hmm. I believe we have two examples from Belgium and one example... From America in the Belgian pale ale style. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you remember last episode, there was quite a difference between the American versions of this and the Belgian. Yes, there was. Versions as well. Uh, so it was huge. I wonder if we'll see that same thing here today. We might. We just might. Considering that 
American breweries tend to do more crazy things with their beers. Oh my yeah. goodness! Wow, this is <laughs> oh my goodness! This is this is so shocking to me. <laughs> wow. Shocking that American breweries do things over the top. Yep, shocking. Mm. All right, well, on to the history, which is not much. Um, uh, produced by breweries with roots as far back as the mid 1700s. The most well-known examples were perfected after the Second World War, with some influence from Britain, including hop and yeast strains. Uh, and then I'm going to read it just another little bit. It kind of says the same thing, but it's a little bit more detailed. Um, the, Bel- the Belgian pale ale style has roots dating back as far as the mid-1700s, said that already. The style has changed quite a bit over the years, with the biggest change occurring during World War II, when the Belgian brewers brewed and experimented with the style to compete with pilsners. Uh, they differ from other regional pale ale varieties by traditionally being less bitter, using aged hops for a delicate hop finish, and boasting Swedish to toasty malt overtones. The style as we know it stems from the influence of English hops and yeast strains. Okay. So, so pretty straightforward. Yeah. Nice uh, everyday beer for those folks living over uh, over the over the pond. Yeah. That history is either going to be that short or it's going to be another novel like that one time. Where y'all actually like slowed or sped me up, rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I figured we wouldn't do that again. That's fine. <laughs> so now you're probably going to slow me down. I have a feeling. Yeah, take your time. Mm-hmm. No need to rush through it. <laughs> All right. Well, now that you uh, know a little bit about Belgian Palo, why don't we drink some? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> we are going to start off with our commercial example today, and it is just plainly na- known as palm. 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 Not palm, but palm, like your hand. P-A-L-M. And uh, got a few details to list on it. Give me those deets. Oh, <laughs> get out of my head. <laughs> That's scary. A little. This rings in at a hardcore four percent ABV. Actually, it lists it as a five point two percent, so it's a little more than that. Uh, Eighteen IBU, and the uh, the untapped entry has several beers listed for this one: Palm Special, Palm Retro, and also just plain Palm. On the bottle, it says. Palm was originally brewed in the beginning of the 20th century as a style of craft ale. This specialty, Belgie, has the taste complexity of an ale brewed to be refreshing like a pilsner or lager. It is Palm's perfect balance of flavor and approach approachability that makes it Belgium's number one craft ale. It uh, is in date because it says by 12 December 20th of this year and you didn't buy this at Total Wine then I did not went to a new store where'd you go Mansfield off of Debbie oh I've been to that one many times it's always it's open on Sundays yep that's where my dad buys his kegs yeah the the Indian guys that own that place are really nice yep yeah yeah there's a guy in there with a pop collar yesterday nice (laughs) but uh, as far as like the different naming 
On Untapped, it says the bottles currently in store saying Palm Retro are also in this entry. The beer is the same, it's just the different labels in the retro style. Palm Ale has long been one of Europe's top selling specialty beers made with English hops, French barley, and Belgian yeast. Palm represents the best of European beer making traditions. It's the roasted champagne malt which gives Palm its amber color, but without being heavy. Uh, also available bottle conditioned as Palm Hergist. Her Hergeist. Sold as Palm outside of Europe. So that's why we just have the straightforward Palm bottle. Uh, this is old. It says since 1747. Oh. I have a question. What about mm-hmm. biscuits? <laughs> no. Not, well, it did say it should have a biscuity flavor, so. Not biscuits, but do you think they uh, sanitize the palms before they put them in the, the beer? Essence of fingers. Yeah. I'll give you a hand for that one. Yay. Thank you. Uh, my first punny joke. All right. I did notice this was darker as soon as we poured it. Yeah. Than what I was expecting. It already reminds me of Hacker Shore. <laughs> All right. There Similar it is. color. Yeah, it's kind of like a... It's a deep cupper. I would agree. It's balls clear. And uh, whenever Chris poured his, it had a big foamy head that just rose all the way to the, the lip of the glass. But now it's faded in. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Not a very long home home stand? No. Head, head stand. stand. <laughs> Let's see you do a power half hour. Yeah. I want head and I want it to be huge. oh no okay all right so the aroma let's see what's going on with that i can't smell anything i smell some honey notes yeah i get i get some maltiness like some malty sweetness yep a little bit of fruit on the nose yeah any any peppery notes Mm, not really yeah i can only smell out of one side of my nose if if there are, they're very faint. Like the the fruit I'm getting <laughs> is disgusting. like a, I'm getting like a berry type fruit. Berries? Yeah, like a fruit snack. It's like Sherry's berries. Like a fruit roll up. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, but not really picking up any spicy phenols or anything. No pepper. Phenol. That's a funny word to say. Phenol. I do get a slight fruitiness in the flavor, but only if I'm looking for it. I do too. It's like a. It's there. Uh, it's fairly sweet. Not over the top, but you know. I kind. A, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say like the sweetness level of like a fest beer. Not full on Martzen, since you know we did that one recently. That's fresh in my mind. See, but, and I was gonna say that this reminds me of Hackershore flavor wise i don't think it's that sweet i do yeah i'm getting sweet up front but then on the finish it dries out pretty quickly and has a very bitter finish like a long See, i wasn't gonna say it was overly dry i'm getting a long bitter finish i'm not getting any bitterness really i'm not either uh that's good though i mean there's not a whole lot going on there which is simple yeah. Simple. I mean, maybe it's because I can't breathe, but I'm not really getting a whole lot other than what we've said so far. I kind of get grapes. Uh, I don't know about grapes. Like on the very tail end. 
You have to really be thinking grapes when you drink it if you want to get that flavor. Well, yeah, I said fruity, so I think that'd be yeah. with that. And and grapes oftentimes would cause a bit of astringency. So that might lead to the, the bitterness that I'm talking about. So I could be with you on the grapes. Possible. Oh, yeah, Burpton. I just got like a big fruity, big fruitiness that came up with it. Yeah, it's copious amounts away. of passion fruit. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Copious amounts of passion fruit. <laughs> fruit. Wow. The things what we say. What is that from? I have no idea. Something with lots of passion and fruit. No, fleet. Feet? Fleet. Fleet. Passion fleet. Feet. It's to the point where we have more drops than I can remember what they are. So now it's surprising to me when I hit a button, too. It's like, what is this? Oh! Oh, boy. Well, I can drink this one a lot. I can drink this all day. Definitely has what you'd need in a uh, session beer. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. real straightforward, nothing over the top. Well Ooh, balanced, I would say. I'm getting the bitterness now as I drink more of it. I liked it better before. <laughs> getting any warming sensations or anything? No. No. Not off five something percent. Alcohol volume. <laughs> Whoa. That was interesting. Yeah, that was a bad one. You know, the more that this warms up, though, the flavor is changing. Yeah, I think that's what's you know. Also, the reason I might be getting some more bitterness now. Mm-hmm. In what way? How is it changing? What was that? What, what did you add? <laughs> I think I got a new email. <laughs> you can email me at fratto.brewstyles at netscape.navigator.org. Are you going to expand on that? No, it's just changing. Oh. <laughs> you don't know how it's changing? I mean, it's just, uh, no, not necessarily. It's just becoming different somehow. I can't put my <laughs> finger on it. You know what this kind of smells like to me? Chips? The. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I was feeling witty that day. <laughs> Chip. I don't know. This is pretty straightforward. I mean, it's not like something to write home about. I think that's exactly what it's supposed to be. Too. Yeah. Yep. So maybe you write home about that. I like yeah. that it's simple. <laughs> you don't have to overthink it. No, Mom, it's. I had a new beer today. It was standard. It was sessionable. It was. It was very nice. Special. So it's just funny because we talked earlier about how now we're looking for very easy to drink, you know, generic, good flavor beers. And my mom's calling me right now. <laughs> P.S. Please send a clean underwear. <laughs> yeah. And here we have one. Just yeah. There it is. Hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right. My palatability rating. <laughs> seven. I was going to say seven, too. Seven. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah. That's a Boeing triple seven, my <laughs> friends. Yeah, it's it's light, it's easy, but it does have enough flavor and stuff going on with it that it wouldn't be super easy to pound. Yeah. Not on a tin scale, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with the seven. And, you know, the slight bitterness... 
would drop that slightly too. I think before I detected the bitterness, I was going to say eight. But then when I started picking up on the bitterness, knocked it down to seven. Okay. BJCP, I mean, if it's a commercial example. 40s. It's going to have to be mid to high 40s. Yep, got to be 45. So, you know, this bottle says best before December 20th. But I wonder what this would taste like completely fresh, like in Belgium. I wonder how much more of the hop character would come through. Well, there's only one way to find out. (laughs) Yeah. And that also makes me wonder, when the BJCP gods were formulating the style guidelines, (laughs) did they taste these in their natural habitat? Oh, that's a good question. Or did they pick a bottle up off the shelf? Because we could be assuming that this is what it's supposed to taste like. Because this is the example that we have. I feel like that was a a major push in their 2015 release. Because when they made the original guidelines, they were, you know, crafting it over after what they got here, and it it wasn't fresh. And so people in other countries, you know, if you're if you're living in America and then you get a beer from Belgium that comes over. And then it's old, and so then that's what your BJCP guidelines are crafted after. And then somebody who lives in, like, Argentina is like, well, I want to make a Belgian beer. And then you're, like, doing a, a third-hand uh, creation. Right. And it wouldn't be a fresh. But, yes, I I remember reading that that was a big push, that they wanted people in Belgium to create the Belgian guidelines, drinking it fresh. They wanted people in, you know, England or Australia or wherever. So they sent Stubby. So this could be, you know, like I said, it it is a commercial example, but the version we're drinking right now, even though it still says Best Buy, could be completely different than what they were expecting. It could be. So we're calling this a a mid-40s, but it could be a low-40s or a high-30s. Yeah. Depending on, you know, how quickly the character declined. Word. Or it could be exactly what they intended. Yeah, because I'm still getting... You know all the all the check check boxes and the and the style yeah. guidelines. It's just interesting to think about. So, all right, we got another example coming up. I don't come here to think. I come here to drink. Yeah, think, drink. Got to do both. Mm. Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, next up is the. Well, I guess I'm glad I asked. <laughs> next up is the Orville Trappist Ale. Uh, Sole Importers Merchant Duven Corp, Seattle, Washington. English, please. Product of Belgium. Uh, it is authentic Trappist product. I wonder if all their uh, Trappist beer bottles over there look like bowling pins. <laughs> this one does look like a bowling pin. It is quite shapely. Uh, bottled on 13-7-16. So they're using the uh, non-American calendar standard uh best by july 13th 2021 b i don't know why it says 2021 b before christ (laughs) Uh, that was a long time ago 6.9 percent abv and other than the bowling or the bowling pin shaped bottle there's not really a whole lot on there so yeah this is one of those that um 
kind of fits in multiple styles. Uh, it is a Trappist product, but if you look at the Trappist ones, then it doesn't fit in the Double because it's too light. It doesn't fit in the Triple, um, and I think it's a little too heavy for the Trappist single. The ankle, yeah. But uh, then, as far as the category of today, Belgian Pale Ale. Remember that was supposed to be more sessionable, which was like five point five on the high end. So the alcohol on this one's a little too high for that. But uh, it is, it, it's a, it's a standard beer in Belgium, and we've never featured it. So I figured if we're going to feature it, it have to be in this, this episode. Yeah. Cool. And I haven't had it in a long, long time. I don't think I've ever had it. At I least not, not since Untapped has come out. Did you check your rate beer, Travis? When was the last time you had it? Uh, I know I've rated it before. Let me look up and see when that date was. Well, we'll go ahead and get started on the uh, discussion here. It was kind of difficult to pour, at least the bottle that I had. I don't know how Travis is. Even pouring down the side, it got a huge, huge foamy headstand. Maybe it's your glass. Uh, maybe. Well, me Fast and Travis have the same shimmer. Wow. Well, they're not same, similar. Similarly shaped glassware. Yeah, but his is more of an oval at the at the bottom. Or is it more of an Orville? The beer is called Orville. Oh! <laughs> Thank you, Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> um, anyway, so lots of lots of foam. And it was rocky and dense. Uh, it was actually kind of cool looking. Stop being so dense. Jeez. Rocky Dennis. Suck my ridges. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's brilliantly clear. Actually, mine's ridiculously not clear. Oh. I'm pretty sure this was bottle conditioned. Well, I can still see pretty clearly through it. It's just a little hazy. Would you like to look through mine? No, I can, I'm good. I can see it from here. <laughs> did you get the bottom of Travis's bottle? I did. That's probably why. So, yeah, it probably is bottle conditioned. <clears throat> Uh, the yeah. bottom of this bottle is still here, so I didn't even try pouring it. After I taste it, I might, I might get some at the bottom. Bottom, bottom, bottom. Um, I would say it's kind of a, an orangish, deep orange color, deep copper. Yeah, it's like a, a light. Oh, lots of fruitiness in the aroma. Yeah, this definitely has that uh, Trappist. Yeast character. Ban- bananas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That comes through in the aroma. It's, it's like strong. smelling a bouquet of fruit, which that's a thing. Yeah. With, I rated uh, this. The last time I had this, I guess, was 2009. Well, so it's been quite a while. I had just graduated high school. Quite a while. I said, cloudy pour, very sweet smell, several fruit notes detected, banana, citrus, sweet grape. Taste is reflective of the scent. Sweet fruit with a grape-like disposition. Very well done. <laughs> Gave it a 40. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet and fruity in the uh, flavor also. Yeah. I almost get a touch of like funky notes in the aroma. Almost. Yeah, I was actually about to say, one of the descriptors on Untapped when I checked into it that people had used, apparently enough for it to be listed as one of the default descriptors, was sour. I'm not really picking up sourness, but... Like Brett knows... Yeah, kind it's of I wouldn't say even tart, but maybe a little bit funky. I mean, this would be a really good yeah. sour if it was. Yeah, like enough, maybe like a Saison yeast where it's a little bit funky, but not enough to make it sour, but yeah. 
but still enough on the wild side that you do get some of those elements. Yeah, I certainly picked that up. Now, if if someone had turned this into a sour, I think it'd be really good. Kind of like on the Jacobin's scale, if you really, really soured it. Yeah. The base flavor, I think, would would do very well as a sour. But this is not a sour. No, it's not. I'm just saying it it could be. It could be, but it's it's not. The aroma kind of, it's, it's kind of deceiving in that, in that manner. Well, I think the, like Travis said in his old description, I think the flavor is very reminiscent of the aroma. Mm-hmm. It's got some of the same funky notes, lots of fruit. I wouldn't necessarily say that I pick up much bitterness or hop character, but the malty sweetness uh, backbone is still there. Mm-hmm. On the flavor the finish it, it really dries out yes it does but um, the flavor of hop character isn't really there if it is it's floral and earthy yeah i mean which is which is okay mm-hmm. yeah so as far as like if you're to enter this beer under this uh category i don't think the wild notes fit right but Everything else is pretty spot on because you have the um, you have all the elements that you're looking for the Belgian yeast character, uh, some light hoppy tones, but none of them are really standing out as as being the the prominent character of it. Hmm. It is it is pretty bitter though, like the astringency, I guess, the hop driven astringency because mm-hmm. I've got that kind of clawing feeling on my tongue yeah after well after i drink so it's it's interesting anything else no no <laughs> so what's your poundability pounder hmm mm, this one's gonna be lower for me yeah this one's kind of difficult i'm gonna say five i think i'll go with a six the carbonation alone is enough to really knock it down i don't know i lost most of mine because you're chugging <laughs> something and it's that carbonated, you're gonna start choking up. And with the with the wild flavors, yeah, I'm gonna go with a five. It's uh, it's a, a five. I'm gonna say this is a, a five. <laughs> BJCP mm, mid to high thirties. I'm gonna say mid thirties. The uh, the funky notes. Kind of detract from the rating some, yeah. And it's pretty bitter. I, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say that it's balanced. I think I agree with that. So I'd probably put it at thirty-four. Yeah. If entered in this style, right. Now, if entered in another Belgian category like ankle, probably the the wild notes still would would detract a little bit from the score but other than that yeah the the belgian yeast character is pretty pretty up front i think this would best be placed in the american wild ale category (laughs) with um claiming the base beer as a belgian ale yeah because it's not sour so it's more on the wild side of things right hmm yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to say the least. Yeah, is it as good as you remember it being? Man, that was 
because you were pretty excited whenever whenever we mentioned this one yeah but partly because i hadn't had it in so long yeah and it's one of those it's it's a name and it's been out there for a long time and you always see people talk about it there's a some guys that live and die by this beer yeah orville makes pretty good popcorn too it's a really what? It's a really really oh oh that's not it's a really I don't really know what you said there but anyway uh <laughs> racist interesting <laughs> what <laughs> gosh so to ask the question again is it as good as you remember <laughs> You know, it's interesting that I didn't write down any of the wild notes the first time, and I wonder if that was before I even knew what to look for Yeah, to pick them out, because now I can definitely, I, I know what it smells like, know what it tastes like, and what kind of elements lead to that. Or is it maybe this batch has that, and the other didn't? Uh, and I'm really not sure when I had it. It probably in that time period would have been a ginger man and so we're talking about drinking a beer in a smoky bar yeah so there's a lot of things i probably missed out on in that first rating because i don't think i purchased a bottle uh to have at my apartment back then hmm. so april that would no well that would have been before we moved out of the tucker house because that was yeah. before i even Got my first job. Yeah. Still wrapping up uh, college stuff. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have another one, right? Yep. Let's move on to that one. All right. Well, this next one, um, and actually, our, I think it's our final one. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. It's from the brewery. Which one? The Brewery. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> uh, the, uh, the brewery is located in Orange County, California. Um, and this R- is the city of Richardson. Th- <laughs> Which, by the way, Texas Select is out of San Antonio. At one point, it was out of Richardson. Okay. I was just going by untapped. Um, and this is their Jardinier. Kind of like Bombardier. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jardinier? Yeah, right. Jardinier. Come, kind of like Bombardier. Oh, Richland Beverage Associates, Dallas, Texas. Anyways, this is their Belgian-style <laughs> pale ale. <laughs> uh, a bright and flavorful table beer with an assertive hop character. Uh, it goes on to say, on the back... Jardinier, which is French for gardener, what? <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. Right. Was inspired by the fresh, seasonable beers on the Belgian dinner table. A perfect beer for any occasion, casual or ornate. Jardinier is best enjoyed fresh. The ideal serving temperature is forty-five degrees Fahrenheit or seven degrees Celsius. Best served in a tulip or wine glass. So, I think we have. Oh, and Neither, the a- but something close. And the ABV is 4.9% with 35 IBUs. All right. 
So let's take a gander at this thing. Well, this is definitely the lightest and haziest example we've had. I, I would say this is, as far as color, is as closest to the pale ale we've had. Yeah. When we opened the bottle, we had uh, we had bubbles escaping before we could even pour it. Yeah, it was a little premature. Very slowly. <laughs> Tiny bubbles. <laughs> kind of sounded like China bubbles. Well, this is not clear at all. Yeah. China. I poured a mixture of the top and then a little bit of the bottom, too, and so I got some yeah. suspended sediment. <laughs> bottom. You got to watch out or you might touch your butt. But, yes, big, uh, big white foamy head. Yeah. Dies off rather quickly, though. Yeah. I can't smell anything. I get a very, <laughs> like, very floral, like, very much flowers yeah. and pollen and sap and, well, not sap. Pollen? Yeah. Got yourself in there? Um, well, it's weird. When we first poured it. No. <laughs> when we first poured it, um, it smelled like weed. I don't get that. Like like marijuana. I get bubble gum more than that. So, but now that that has gone away, I don't smell that anymore. And sample is shoving stuff up his nose. <laughs> I'm leaking. That's gross. <laughs> Nips. Nips. <laughs> I'm, I'm not okay today. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sick. Yep. <laughs> So I, I really can't smell anything out of this, so I'm just going to have to take y'all's word for it. Yeah. Very floral. Extremely. Which, I mean, if you're talking about this is supposed to be the name for the gardener, gardener yeah. then that totally suits the style. Yeah. Here we go with crazy things again. Crazy things? Well, outside the box. I don't think they put a gardener in the bottle. Are you sure? Were you there when they brewed it? No. Okay, I was, not at, we, the bre- I was then, not at the brewery. Then we don't know. For sure. Where's the bottle? <laughs> Lots of things in the flavor match the aroma. Yeah, I agree with I that. I do taste a lot of floral notes. You know, even with... Like Grandma's bathroom. Even with all the, the floral notes and everything, I still get a little bit of a malty sweetness at the end. Yeah. And it's not very dry on the end either. Mm. I'll give it a little bit. It'll come around. Just like the other two. I have a song stuck in my head. It's called The Happy Song Uh. by Victor Wooten. Okay. (laughs) Word. (laughs) Carbonation level is very high. Yes. I agree with the floral comment about the flavor. Um, It is also fairly well balanced when you look at the other flavors too nothing is uh too over the top you get the floral notes the uh the kind of earthy hop flavor yeah, I'm, not, I'm not getting any malt character though it's I, I would say it's really dominated by the floral note okay i'm not getting any kind of sweetness it's just highly carbonated floral and slightly bitter what about mm-hmm. biscuits nope I don't get biscuits either. Hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know. I I mean, I get where they're going with this, 
especially being an American example. America. America. West Coast. Yeah. But it's it's not... West Side? Just like, you know, um, all American examples are, are overly done. Mm-hmm. I'd say they took the, the Belgian pale ale descriptors and went over the top with it. Well... And we have a, a very hoppy, very floral example of, of this style. Everything's bigger in Texas. Oh, wait. West Coast. Yeah, sorry. Hmm. I'm not even getting a whole lot of Belgian quality out of it. Like the, the yeast phenols that you'd expect. I get a very I get a little, but it's not much. It's very faint. I get why they call it the gardener. Yeah, floral all day long. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Aroma, flavor, sure. Of course, I can only taste and smell so much right now. So, yeah, you're smelling that uh, um, tissue that you got stuck up your nose. Yeah. <laughs> so poundability. Question mark. <laughs> All right, pound a, pound a rating on the super pills. I'm sorry, what? I don't know. I don't know that I could pound this because it's so carbonated and floral. Yeah. I have to say like four. Oh, that's kind of high from what I was thinking. Oh, really? I was thinking two. Oh. I'd go three. Oh, we got two, three, four. <laughs> All right, I guess that works. Mm. Yep. PJCP rating. Uh, well, mm, it's not yeah, really the style. Yeah, you pointed out the lack of malt, which that does need to play a part. Uh, Especially they, if it's going to be balanced. They nailed the hop profile. Now. Yeah. But um, you also pointed out that there's a very uh, a lacking in Belgian yeast character, which even though it shouldn't be over the top, it should still be there in, in present values with... Uh, with the other characteristics in the beer. So, all those things being said, this would probably be a 27. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. High 20s. Just because there's... It's not really on style. Yeah. So, if you like, if you look at the, the ratings, high 20s would be good. Misses the mark on style and or minor flaws. So, yeah, I think that would be dead on. Missed the mark on style. I wouldn't say it's flawed. No. There aren't any, like, brewing mistakes, but... No. Just not not quite right. I don't For the Belgian parallel. Right. What would you enter this as if you brewed it? Mm, well, it does suit better for the Belgian IPA because the... The hops take more, uh, more of a lead in this, but they're still not. That a being said, Belgian, no. Yeah. So, uh, I I would almost I would say, enter it as an American pale ale. I would almost say a saison. Uh, it doesn't have the saison qualities, hmm. yeast yeast qualities. Well, not the yeast qualities, but the carbonation and well, the floral and. There's a lot of different end. things that could be floral and highly carbonated. That reminds me of a Saison. Mm. Without the Saison characteristics. <laughs> There's yeah. many different variants on the Saison these days. Maybe enter it as a uh, floral IPA. 
Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of strange. It's a little all over the place. Call it the gardener's bouquet. So, well, that's a kind of an interesting one to end on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For our Belgian paleo episode. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Brew Styles, where our topic of discussion was the Belgian Pale Ale. Well, you better get pumped up for next week when we talk about pumpkin beer. 3.0. Autumn seasonal. Cheers to then.